This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, the clock is ticking, but the Ogren Odyssey at United is not over yet. And Dee can spread some joy by beating the Jambos. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And also podding today are Holiday George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And down the line from a secret location southeast of here, mainly because I don't know where he lives, Alan Temple. <laughs> yeah, that's a very deliberate choice. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, you look better at a distance, I have to say, Alan. No comeback. No comeback at all. No. Are you still hearing us? Um, I got the tail end of Are You Not Hearing Us? So the answer <laughs> this is, is very much this is a like, yes. This is going to be like one of these <laughs> interviews on Sky Sports News where they go, oh, I'm afraid we've lost them. Anyway, yeah, Alan, we'll, be, yeah. we'll start with you and Dundee United. Just a, just last weekend, you had a very interesting interview with Mark Ogre and I read every word twice. And what I took out of it mainly was... He's a man who's lost money, but I don't. He didn't. I didn't get the vibe that he was worried about his fortune. Although not not totally enamoured with how things have gone at United. No, I think um, I think he is cognizant of the amount of money that he's lost. I think in the fullness of time, um, and kind of accidentally almost set a five-year clock on that by saying he's got more time behind him than ahead of him. I think. Um, I think in the fullness of time, he does see an end to this journey. Oh yeah, and he has frozen. He has indeed frozen. So, Bear, did you read the interview? <laughs> so bits and pieces. You know what? Always amazes me. Anybody who takes over a football club, the first thing they should be told is you do realise you are going to lose lots of money because there's very, very few people actually buy a club unless it's in the English Premiership. And even then... You might still be losing a bit of cash. Uh, I remember there's very, very few in Sorry. Scotland that actually make money out of it. Though. I remember doing a, a, a qu covering a question and answer session where uh, John Nelms uh, was new to the club. Bill Colvin uh, was still involved in Dundee at the time. It was that period when there were uh, Keys and Colvin were co-owners, and Bill Colvin stood up and said, "John and Tim." are here quite openly and good luck to them to make money. But quite frankly, I'm, I know I'm spending money mm -hmm. because that's Scottish football, unless you're the old firm. And I don't think anyone uh, has proved that statement, certainly not in the last 10 years, you to be maybe, false. You, you can maybe look, look at the Browns up at Perth, who've run a very tight ship at St yeah. Johnston and kept it tight. And to be, but to be fair, they have had Premier League football stability yeah. throughout that, that, that time, which has given them a solid base, you know, to, but they haven't splashed the cash and wisely so, and, mm -hmm. and they've still managed, managed success, which is great credit to them. But they are, they are few, those examples are few and far between, Tom. I can see Alan's moving again, so we'll go back to you. <laughs> you, you were in the room with Mr. Ogren. What were your impressions? Yeah, I'm very tempted just to stay really still if I get any questions <laughs> I don't fancy. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be brief just in case I get caught off again. No, I think the thing that's impressive is Jim Goodwin and the people at the club have clearly managed to re-energise Mark Ogren. He does seem enthused about the prospect of uh, taking this club back to the Premiership. But I think he also does see that as an end game to... Uh, end in this journey that he's been on with the club. He's had highs, he's had lows. And he's frozen again. This is great stuff. George, you finish that answer. <laughs> he's had highs and he's lows. He's just gone yeah. through a low. But I thought uh, Alan's piece, Ogren came across as very upbeat. He, he did, and it looks like Alan might be back. <laughs> yeah, Does anybody want to answer anything today? <laughs> It's, welcome to the past. He knows the, a lot more than the me. Past the buck yeah. episode of Twa Teams. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, continue. He, he is very. Um, <laughs> he does seem very upbeat. He seems energetic. But um, Bear's absolutely right. You're not going to make your fortune 
from um, from uh, from football and Scottish football. So the key for him now is to get Dundee United back to where they were, make them a saleable asset, and recoup whatever he can. And um, it's it's a good thing for United that in the short to medium term, uh, he is still committed because um, he is the creditor, he is the man that, that pays the bills. So it's it's pivotal. One thing about these American owners, I mean, as, as Alan says, it does look like the clock's ticking on Mark Gordon's mm-hmm. time. But, and we've, we've seen it with the Keys family, and it was something that when he sold these shares to me, the aforementioned Bill Colgan, uh, Colvin said to me, he said, the reason I'm selling to them is I know they will not, even, even if they decide it's not for them, they will tough it out, which mm-hmm. they still seem well, to be enthusiastic. And, and, and the, the Keys family and Mark Ogren, they're not just walking away when things haven't gone the way they wanted it to. No, absolutely. And, um, well, certainly in Mark Ogren's case, this wouldn't be the time to walk away, though, Alan, would it? Because you know, they're actually no. in the championship. So you've got to reckon the value of the of the club isn't what it would be if they were more successful in, in the Premier Premier League. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a double-edged sword there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've seen it at Dens. The Americans have been there for 10 years. They've had... What I've always said, stability off the park, Tom, mm-hmm. after a period of two administrations when the club almost went out of business. So that, it, forget promotions, relegations, anything, that in itself is success for Dundee Football Club. Uh, people getting paid their, yeah. their wages on time. Uh, absolutely. And that's why you should never to forget take, that. Take your hat off to the Americans at Tannadice, at Dens and at Tannadice, because we know that United, while they're in the championship, they still have a very hefty wage bill, mm. which they have to honour every single yeah. week. And, and they've done that. And Mark Ogden has committed to that this season. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's good that he's, he's he's got his mojo back, if we could say that. You know, I think United are moving in the right direction. And hopefully, you know, if if he does get the club back to the Premiership and he, and he still wants wants to sell up, he will get a price that he thinks is, mm. is fair for them. But what I would say is St Johnston have now been trying to sell their club for the past year, maybe maybe more yeah, than that, that, and, that yeah. and still don't have a buyer. So, <laughs> and it may not be as easy as as as, as first thought. And, and the credit to Mark Ogden, I think back to the last time United went down uh, when Stephen Thompson was in charge of the there felt like a lot more panic at that time mm-hmm. to get budgets down because th- they didn't have the, ca- the the money behind them that Mark Ogren obviously has to keep things going smoothly. And it does feel like it's been a, lo- a lot smoother uh, in that regard um, over the summer. Obviously, they've had to cut budgets as you do dropping down to the division. But you, you can remember that time, Tom, can't you? It, was, it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it felt like a bit of panic around mm-hmm. getting getting basically... Cutting the budgets, Bear slashing t- the budgets. Bear touched on what happened across the road in the early part of this century. Mm-hmm. And I think um, maybe even subconsciously, United fans at that time were in a bit of a panic, understandably, because they'd seen it quite close quarters, mm-hmm. how badly things can go wrong. Uh, it occurs to me, Alan, one thing... I mean, I, know, I, I noticed from your interview, Mark Ogden wasn't talking about making money uh, out of Scottish football mm-hmm. anymore. Is that is that something that prospective uh, owners, wherever they come from, have got to realise that, I mean, I think I'm right in saying of, of all the teams, and United, United as a club still regard themselves, certainly their fans do, as a club that if things are going well, they should be in the top six. But of all those clubs, outside of the two old firm clubs, every one of them, except Aberdeen, has been relegated at some point. And sometimes quite frequently. So if you set your business plan on being a top six club every season, you're taking a huge gamble. Yeah, I think the best way to budget is budget for the lowest acceptable outcome. Um, I think if you were Dundee United, budgeting for seventh would be a a, a fair way to approach things. And then if uh, trying, the, the only thing you can do is try and be on an even keel and then you might make a profit from sales if you're if you're lucky. I thought it was interesting that Mark Ogren basically said, operationally, Dundee United can't make money. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. we didn't say it was impossible, but the tacit undertone of it was pretty clear. It was because of the size of the football club and the overheads and just the general operational cost base, 
you you can't make money just sort of day to day. So you need to make money from sales and from, and uh, so I think the only business plan you can really have in Scottish football is plan for the worst case scenario, um, hope to overshoot that through smart dealings and good performances, and try and get a couple of sales. And I think Mark Ogren, for better or worse, still believes that that selling uh, that selling model, pardon. Um, as, as the way that he can make a, a few pennies back. That leads us nicely into the next thing on George's notes, which at a time when they haven't been spending a lot of money and, 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 and they've quite rightly uh, been operating on a tight budget, Jim Goodwin's speaking to young Matthew Cujo about a contract. Now, A, that's great because he deserves it because of his form, but also he he's one of those assets that, a couple of years down the line, you could possibly sell. Yeah, I think he's probably the most saleable of their young players at the moment. Um, obviously, um, uh, you know, I, th I think Matthew has on occasion uh, showed flashes of real potential even before this season. But in terms of, you know, 90 minute full game performances, it has only been this season that he's really strung that together. So. Um, you don't want to be going over the score, but as I go through their sort of, you know, 20 and under um, age range, I don't see any more saleable asset than Matthew Kujo. So um, if he keeps developing as he does, mm -hmm. if he keeps his head screwed on and if he keeps playing as he is. So um, that's an exciting prospect, but United obviously need to um, need to come to an agreement and the, the, the talks will go on. I don't think they're... Uh, the parties are already kind of closer, but th that's a that's a thing that will that will go on. Um, you know, but uh, I do think it's quite important that that Dundee United, although I've not done the maths exactly, but I think Dundee United would be due some sort of compensation provided um, this time they've done the paperwork properly and stuff. But when they do get around to offering a contract, I, I, I still think that any compensation they might receive for Matthew might be less than what they could get for him if they can, for example, mm -hmm. get him tied up for three years and he keeps playing like this yeah. and he starts to tear up the Premiership next season, which I think has to be the aim for Dundee United. You know, keep him around, get him playing well and get him playing well in the Premiership and then you've got a, a saleable asset because that's what not enough of these young players have, have done for United so far is actually performed week in, week out in the Premiership, which is how... Um, which is how they're, you know, you get a couple of zeros on their value. Yeah, the one the one problem that springs to mind bear about that model is the under twenty three teams that all the English Premiership and mm. a lot of Championship clubs have young players all have agents. Agents know that they'll they'll get more money instantly without needing to be seen by clubs down south as first team potential straight away. Yeah, and it's a tough one. We've seen we've seen a few players uh, leave Scottish football and suddenly disappear <laughs> in yeah. the English under twenty three setup, and suddenly they crop up in places mm -hmm. like Ireland <laughs> and, yeah. and, and play. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, they, they go down there, and you, you sometimes wonder if it's the best move for the development of the player. Um, certainly, well, we we'll keep hearing from young yeah. loan players yeah. who go to clubs in this country that the the difference between playing age group football and first team football. It's huge, just yeah. because uh, the, the overall standard might not be great, but it's the, yeah. it's the attitude, the, the the physicality yeah. that really brings them on. And I, I, I'm like you, I worry about these young players that, that their agents let them take the the instant sort of financial mm -hmm. gain of going to going to be an under twenty three player down south, but they're never seen again. A lot of them. Yeah, that's why it's it's important, as Alan says for players like Matthew Cujo and a, a few of the other young rising stars at Tandice that one, they get a foothold in the team. It's very early days for Matthew Cujo. He's, be, he's been bright, but, you know, we're, we're still in August this season. You've got to remember that. It's a long season. He's mm -hmm. got to prove he can do it at this level. Hopefully, you know, the things he does for Dungeon United will, will enable them to get promoted. And then if they can get a contract sorted out, you know, he can do it in the Premier League and then he becomes a much more valuable player for Dungeon United at that point in time. And also... In, in terms of where he is as a player, he may well find that he, he doesn't go down and have to go, if he's going to England, he goes down and gets a club where he will be starting games yeah. every Saturday afternoon at three o'clock rather than turning out for under-23s, etc. So, yeah, it, it, it's early days 
on that one, but yeah, there's no doubt about it. His value will increase greatly if he can perform for Dundee United at this level, but also in the Premier League next season if Dundee United can get a contract sorted out and they get themselves promoted as well, Tom. Yeah, I mean, Alan, I'm led to believe the reason you're not here in person today is you're on, you're on your way to Hamden and you're going to meet a, United, a former United favourite, Christian Daly. If you ask me, hmm. his career, that was the model. If I'm an agent and I, I, I back my player's ability, that was the model that, that, that I would want to follow. That Christian went to Derby and then he moved on to West Ham and built his career uh, and built a long career. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there is one path. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, you look at, for example, say a, a Scott Banks. Now he's not playing Premier League football uh, at the moment, but uh, he's over in Germany with St. Pauli. He just had a great loan spell with Bradford. He's been given a new contract by Crystal Palace. That was that was a punt. That was him backing his own ability. And it's work. It's gradually working out not too bad at all. Or you could look at, for example, you know, Bear would... I don't know who Bear would be talking about, but Ali Coote, for example, mm. fits the bill of what Bear's talking about mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know... Yeah, his name's in mind, it? Yeah. yeah, ends up in Ireland. So it's there are there are different pathways, and I don't blame young people for backing themselves or taking the chance to look after their families, for example. But yeah, and ideally, if you are, if you have the natural gift of a, of a Christian daily and the determination, then yeah, it'd be brilliant to see players stick around for a uh, hundred games, win a trophy, captain the team, then go. But I do fear that the realities in football of, of you know, of football in 2023, you know, Christian Daly was a young boy who, you know, basically went from under 16s football straight into the Dundee United first team. Such was his, his talent. And I do think so to myself. Debut. Mm -hmm. He was a striker back then. Indeed. And I do think to myself, if you are that good in 2023, the chances are you've probably been spotted and snapped up um, before even making that debut, which is a, a sad state of affairs. And, um, uh, you know, you would love to see these guys come through, but um, it's, yeah, I, I'm not sure it's the most realistic plan now, sadly. Well, because you've got to go and see Christian moving swiftly on. <laughs> Air this weekend, a chance for United to keep their excellent away form going. Yeah, it's um, it's a, a tough one actually. I like Air. I like um, uh, I like Lee Bullen as a coach. Mm -hmm. I like the work that Graham Matthews uh, done. I, would, I I was on the kind of Hibs beat when he was sporting director at, at Hibs, and he's a he's a he's a good man and um, a, a, a you know a shrewd operator. I think they've got a good setup there at Air. Um, They've got a challenge in terms of obviously replacing their main man from last season, but I think they've done okay in terms of the recruitment. I look at their starting eleven and some exciting players there. There's some experience. There's some wild card unknowns as as is required when you're a club like Air. And without wanting to veer horribly into cliches, Somerset oh, Park dude. is a horrible place to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so it's it's not going to be an easy trip to the the seaside. But what is it? I remember going is, to Somerset you know, Park once and. I got to the I got to the stadium and I said to the steward, "Is there press parking?" And he went, "Aye, there's press parking, son, but the game's just been called off." <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that one. Oh <laughs> uh, God! So I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, then again, what you would say is people were saying that about Gayfield on the opening day of the season. Yeah. you know, it's a terrible place to go. This will be a test of their metal. So United just need to approach the game in the same way. Um, but I do think it will be a big test and I do think they will sorely, sorely, sorely miss Craig Sibbald and, and Ross Doherty in the, in the base of that uh, midfield. Yeah, because I, I was actually just going to say to Bear there, um, it's a game like this, we've been praising the likes of Kujo, Louis Moult and others in the attacking sense, but it's a game where I, I take confidence from United's defensive strength in the mm -hmm. last few games. The Declan Gallaghers, the Kevin Holtz have really yeah. stood up, but so have the Doherty's and the, the Sibbalds. And if they're, if they're out, it gives Jim Goodwin a problem, doesn't it? You think it will. You think it will. Um, I'm sure Jim Goodwin will have a plan um, in mind for, for, for going to the game and, 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 and retaining that solidity without these players uh, on the park. <laughs> 
Eden United is always a tough, tough place to go. I'm not sure if it's just because it seems so far away from Dundee. That, but what I would say is that the surface was excellent last season. I'm expected to be excellent again on Saturday. So you can play football. So that should shoot, suit guys like Matthew, Matthew Cujo and that. Uh, and and Louis Moult and and hopefully United can can find a bit of that spark that, that, that they managed to find at Gayfield. I always think, Tom, if you uh, Somerset Park going there, if you can come away not losing, it's uh, I would I would be satisfied with that. And and Lee Wilkie is a big advocate of you know win your home games but get a point on the road and that's that's a recipe for success in the championship so that was only because he never wanted to cross the halfway <laughs> line Larley. so he he quite liked this just play for a point away yeah, from home yeah but it'll be interesting to see United have, have a few new players in their ranks as, as well um, Lee Bowen's done, done a fine job there so it'll be interesting to see how they set up but it should be it should be a good game and Alan talked right at the start we're talking about finance I think you're talking about the low bar and teams setting the low bar Dundee United's low bar this season is promotion unfortunately yeah. every other team in the championship the low bar will be staying in the division term I think you know the vast majority you know they want promotion and, uh, and they'll, they'll try to get there but it's not the end of the world if they don't get no. it for Dundee United it would be and that, that, that carries a weight of expectation a weight of pressure as well but United have started well and if they can get a result and a win at air after getting a win at Arbroath it sends out a strong message to the rest of the teams yeah I was going to say George you were I think you were there at the end of the year and it was still a bit of a roller coaster thereafter. But for a lot of, I think a lot of Dundee fans last season when they won it here at the end of the year and they controlled the game, I think it was about an hour they played with 10 men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a big statement win and it could be the same for United on Saturday. I think so. I, th I, th I really I agree well and I, I think Air look pretty decent this season. I think they'll be up challenging near the, the top of the table. Um, and yeah, that was, it was just after Christmas, I think, or just before Christmas. It, it was a huge win for Dundee. Um, sadly, they didn't back it up with further wins <laughs> after it, which didn't help. But um, but it, did it would be a big statement. For, for me, that was the game that gave you the belief yeah, that Dundee they were it. the team yeah. that could win, win the league. As I say, they had their problems afterwards, but that's because they're Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> but... but, but, but at any time of the season, Alan, a, a win like that, when the other teams go, they're no bad. I mean, the, uh, through no fault of United, our growth's result since they turned them over on the first night of the season has been slightly devalued because yeah. our growth are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the difficulty is, I think pretty much every away game is going to have to be a statement away game because Dundee United have such a target on their back. Mm -hmm. And the the truth of the matter is every single team that hosts Dundee United will lap up the atmosphere created by the travel and support. They'll lap up the pressure that's on United to win the game and they'll back themselves to do the business on their own pitch. So it's uh, every single away game will be a challenging away game for Dundee United this season. And they'll need to, uh, they'll need to, learn to, to deal with that and build momentum and build belief. They did what they had to do at Gayfield and you're right in what you say. In hindsight, it does look like a growth or in for a tough, tough season. So this is maybe where the you know a real test of their of their metal comes because um Air United are are absolutely no mugs and you never know they could you know they could be one of those teams that end up kind of in and around them because you know they were last season yeah. and um obviously and, and, and Logan Chalmers, they've, they've got a, a United player in their ranks, albeit he can't play on Saturday, but he's, uh, you know, that's another signing that, based on what he did in the first half of last season, could actually be very decent for United. And talking about players missing, obviously, Alan said United are missing a couple, but air boss Lee Bullen was saying this week that he only had two fit midfielders. So I think Jamie Murphy's out, Logan Chalmers obviously can't play. So uh, we're getting a long ball game then. <laughs> it might come down to a test of, depth of squad which United are in a decent shape I think probably better shape than, than Air might be um, so that's something to look out for it might not be the, the teams we're expecting lining up on the pitch just purely down to injuries In fairness to Jim Goodwin one thing that's worth saying is for all that I think there's supporters maybe clamouring for further additions given the departures of, of Logan and Niskanen and uh, and and you know a couple of you know relatively important injuries. He, Jim Goodwin has been fairly circumspect in saying, uh, "Listen, we're not going to panic by and 
you know, there's been other teams in this division that have been fielding three, four substitutes. We've yeah. always been able to fill our bench. Mm-hmm. We've always had decent options, most of whom have played premiership football, even if it's fleetingly on the bench. So I, I think there is a there is a sense of humility from him in terms of, I, I don't think he's playing the injury card. It's me that's standing here saying, I think they'll miss who they've got. But, but Jim Goodwin, to, in fairness to him, isn't seeking those excuses. I think he'll probably just, um, I mean, not to pick his team, but I, I, I suspect maybe Grimshaw come into midfield for a bite. And mm-hmm. the fact that, um, you know, Pekit, uh, given give the uh, listeners a viewing the, the magic circle and all that Declan Glass is the man who's doing the, the, the pre-match uh, press activities so I think Declan Glass will probably start I think it's fair to say so you're maybe looking at uh, I would say Glass and Grimshaw either that or they've sold you a right field. dummy Alan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly I've played, <laughs> for I've played right before, yeah. and there's yeah. nothing worse than the boy you interviewed oh, yeah. on a Thursday or Friday <laughs> sitting in front of you at the game I, I, I had a run when I when I used to do uh, as, as years and years and years ago when I first started out doing club media for, for Motherwell, the only club that would take me in as we as volunteer. We used to do the match program, and I went through a run of four different weeks where my cover star got injured before the start <laughs> of the game. Honestly, boys were running a mile when I came with the dictaphone. It was murder. But it's an interesting one. But moving moving swiftly on to other business, Charlie Mulgrew says he can sleep at night knowing he did everything he could for United. Why? Why does he need to say that? I'm I'm genuinely puzzled because I would. Charlie uh, Mulgrew looks to me as though he could sleep at night anyway. Yes, he's very, 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 very laid back, back calm. Yeah. But I mean, other other than the thing when he went to the Celtic old boys night out, and he, he had a few bad games. But why would anyone question his his commitment during his time at Tannadice? Well, I think there's a there's a perception among some. Than the United fans of what you would call a vocal minority, I think you'd maybe say that he, he wasn't a positive influence in the dressing room. Which, um, from speaking to players and the reaction to, for example, him posting about leaving on social media, I think you can see that he was very well liked amongst his fellow players. I don't think there's anything in that. What I would say about Charlie McGrew is he's. Um, forthright in his opinion and wants to be part of conversations and I think that worked really well collaboratively with with Tam Courts um, whether it was the vibe that for example a Jack Ross wanted mm-hmm. maybe you know more of a manager's manager uh, you know that's that's not for me to say but in terms of why he felt the need to say that I think that's probably why he felt the need to say that because he's not an idiot he's he, you know he, he hears things he knows what people are saying or what people are suggesting so um He'll go down probably, you know, I don't know, a complicated legacy, I say you would maybe say at Dundee United. I, th- I thought he, he was exceptional in his first season and I think he's a man with, you know, uh, forthright opinions, big character and sought to, to set really high standards. But in that last season, um, in terms of his performances and everybody from top to bottom at the football club it just it didn't work at all yeah. um but uh, and in terms of to answer your question that'll be why he felt the need to clarify that because and I, I do think earnestly he did what he thought was 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 right you know during his time at, at Dundee United and latterly when it came to his departure you know it maybe took a little bit longer than, than some people would like but um Charlie Mulgrew didn't sign his own uh, didn't write his own contract so he's more than uh you know <laughs> has the absolute right to look after himself on the way out and it's a, a point Alan made there guys it's, it's something maybe clubs are remiss at when they're changing manager that they don't think of the squad that's there the type of characters have got in the squad I mean Charlie Mulgrew wasn't going to change he wasn't going to be quiet and if that led to problems with subsequent managers that's, that's not really his fault is it? No I mean and managers accept that if you come into a role you're, you're taking over, and the majority of cases, a, a big chunk of the other, man, the previous managers, players, and they've all got different cars, and sometimes the things that they do on the pitch and off the pitch may not suit you, but you have to work with them, Tam, until mm-hmm. there comes a point where there's a pattern of the ways, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 
I've, I've watched Charlie's career, you know, and he's done fantastically well. He's, he's played at the highest level. I think he did very well for Dundee United. Obviously, when, when things turned, you know, his form takes a dip, but he wasn't the only one, no. you know. They, they were all affected by that. Show me, Tell me a Dundee United player who played well in the last six months of last season. Stephen Fletcher, you can maybe say, you know, yeah. was a top performer for them, but there was, there was very few putting in a good performance week in, week in, because they were affected by the position Dundee United were in at the time and the, pre the pressure they were under. So, um, yeah, I think Charlie was justified to be felt felt he was he was getting a bit of stick from certain sections. But I would say in a previous interview, not that long ago, he did come out and praise the Dundee United support for, mm -hmm. for what they did during his time at Tannadice. So... Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be too upset at what Charlie had said there if I was a Dundee United fan. No, I think by and large the United fans appreciated him. Yeah. And before Alan gets on his bike to Hamden and give Christian Daly our regards, the other story that grabbed me in the past few days, Nadir Chifty reveals he wanted to return to United this summer. What's that about? <laughs> 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 yeah, a shout out to the, the boys over at the Dod Fox podcast for uh, an excellent get, as they say, um, on, on Nadir. He's uh, uh, thoroughly recommend the, the hour-long interview. Interesting, interesting guy. Um, and yeah, evidently the, the rumours that, that perpetually do the rounds uh, about him potentially being of interest to come back were, were true on at least two occasions um, in terms of him chatting to the club, but the the interest wasn't reciprocal and he says he even wanted to come back this summer to, to help the club after the way that they helped him um, during a, a tough time. But um, And I think that's a lovely sentiment. I think it's a lovely idea that he could have came back further down the line, but it is probably fair to say without being too cruel that the way that Nadir's career has panned out since leaving Celtic, um, it, it would have been hard to justify in footballing terms bringing him back to Tanadice and... Um, it would have been horrible if he'd, you know, um, uh, sullied that legacy, if you like, by, mm -hmm. you know, no, by being the, um, you know, with the greatest respect to St. Johnston, you know, by being the St. Johnston, Nadir Chifchi, which is, yeah. I don't think, what, what anyone would have wanted. So it's, um, but it's, 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 it's lovely to hear that his passion still shines through to that extent. Yeah, I was going and, to say uh, a thing about Nadir, maybe a, a, a few people out there, given the way he could behave on the park at times, would, would be surprised that he had that kind of sort of empathy for any of these clubs. But I've said this before, I've I've never met someone who was so different off the park <laughs> than he was on it. He was, he could be crazy on the park, but he's an incredibly nice lad uh, away from a football pitch. I always think it's difficult when a, when a player creates fantastic memories at a club and then comes back to that club a, a few years later and tries to recreate those memories. Mm. It's very difficult. I remember uh, at Dens, Tommy Coyne was fantastic in his, his first spell and, and link up with Keith Wright and scored a bag full of goals, you know, and great memories. Mm -hmm. And he, he did come back and have a wee cameo uh, period at the club, but you've got to remember he was 10 years older at yep. that point in time. And, you know, you just, you, you just can't expect the same things to happen. So sometimes I think it's better just keeping the memories you have. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, Alan's got to go, so safe journey, Alan, and we'll soldier on without you for the second half. Au revoir. Right, George, you might have been on holiday last week. Um, in terms of news, so were Dundee. It's been a very, <laughs> it's been a very quiet week. So Bear and I are going to sit back. And listen to you tell us oh, something about Dundee. Thanks very much. Well, they've finally got a game this weekend. It does oh, feel like a long time. It does. <laughs> Even that's been put back a day. I know. I know. I, uh... By the time uh, they kick off on uh, on Sunday, Hearts will have played four times since Dundee last played. So they're going to be knackered, that's what you're saying? Well, that's, that's the hope from a Dundee point of view, I would think. Uh, obviously, we're speaking before Hearts take on Pauk. Is it a P Palk. Palk, um on Thursday night at Tynecastle. Um But it'd just be good to see them back out in the pitch. It just feels like a lot. Obviously, I've been off for a week, which helps uh, make it feel like a lot longer. But it feels an age since that game at St. Byrne. And 
there's been little else to really talk about uh, in terms of news wise um yeah. also had a bit of bad news on on tyler french we'll come to that george yeah. we're, trying to, we're trying to spin this out stick, <laughs> stick with the first team um in what way gonna have to ask me some questions well it occurred to me every, i've been on holiday so every game so far dundee have been able to take positives even the hmm. defeat hmm. at st martin yeah not not qualifying for the knockout stages of the league cup they did so mainly because of one bad or a couple of bad late decisions in one game and missing a barrel with the chances hmm. and the others but there's there's been plenty of positives uh, everybody, uh, as you know, I'm usually a radio listener on a Saturday afternoon. Everybody that's been covering the games talks them up and the look of Premier League team. There'd be no better time than Sunday to put yeah. it all together. And and I, we talked about statement wins for United. Beating hearts on Sunday would let the rest of the league know that they do belong. Well, definitely, because hearts are one of the top sides in the division you just look at the squad I mean kind of forget the guys that have come back from long-term injuries the guys like Boyce and uh, Barry Mackay and Beningame in midfield easy for you yeah brought back (laughs) some really excellent excellent footballers Um, I think it might be a good time for Dundee to play them talking about how many games Hearts have had from a Dundee point of view getting back to Dens front of the home fans they'll be hoping they can really show what they can do in front of the home fans the last game obviously was affected by the weather and the extreme rain so hopefully we won't have any of that and the two brines can have a bit of a rest while the game's going on uh as opposed to the last one um but i agree i I think there's been plenty to take from the games but they need they need to put a win on the board Uh, i think we saw the last time dundee were in the top flight it took far too long for that win to come despite positive starts that drawing the first game and doing okay they definitely need a win on the board unfortunately the fixture list I don't think has been too kind um, I don't like the League Cup knockouts being on a weekend I'm not sure why that happens uh, I know that Dundee could have been in that by by scoring an extra goal but it's just a stoppage in the league season they don't really need we've got two games I've so never ever got why the, the, the kick off the main competition and have so many, up, yeah. they, they can't yeah. do anything about the international breaks yeah. that's out of their control so why the league cup until the semi-finals isn't a midweek competition once it gets to the it's, knockout stages is has always been beyond it's me. bizarre it, 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 and there's there's only two games until then and i still break yeah, again that's what so it's yeah, it is a bit stop, stop start is fragmented and it, it's not good i mean the the premiership is your your top prize it's mm. your top trophy and you know to stop it after two games and you know, I know a lot of clubs are still involved in, in action in the League Cup, but, you know, it just seems really, really crazy. And, you know, certainly you, the fans are up for the season and suddenly a lot of, you know, there's a couple of weeks off. So here we go again. So we're starting again. So for, for Dundee, hopefully the break will have done them a few favours and maybe Hearts playing four games hmm. will, will maybe be tiring them out. I, I can't see that. They've got a massive score. How do we look at their their team when we were playing in the League Cup and they had guys like Kingsley, Boys, yeah. Devlin, Forrest on the bench. Aye. On the bench. The not... last tie they brought on Andy Halliday, yeah. an injury Yeah, time. I mean, they've got a massive squad and they'll need that. They'll certainly need a big squad if they, they do qualify for for European football. But I always think in the in the top flight, Celtic and Rangers are a world apart. But any other game points are up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Points are up for grabs. And Dundee approved that. Dundee actually got a quite a decent record against Hearts yeah. in, in the top flight home and away, I've got to say. Um, so, yeah, they need to get something. Ideally, they can get that win. They need a win. Tony Docherty Doc, need, needs a win. Um, it's all right people saying, giving you plaudits and mm. pats on the back, but it's points that keep you in the division. Yeah. So that's that's what they need to go out and do on Sunday. And it's set up. There should be a big crowd. So it should be a great atmosphere, hopefully. The rain relents, and you know yeah. we we'll get a nice, a nice day and a, a great game. We'd see that every day since I know. June. <laughs> I know we've not had to get the sprinklers out this summer. That's for sure. Um, no hosepipe bands, but yeah, hopefully we can get a cracking game. Yeah, and it, as you said there, I mean Tony Doherty's talked up the team, and 
told them that they should be more confident, but nothing gives you confidence like a win. I mean, a draw, a draw on Sunday's not the end of the world, but you don't want to be going into your fourth or fifth game of the league season looking for your first win, do you? Pressure mounts, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, uh, we've spoken about this already. It's, uh, you know, we're only, we're only in August, um, but if Dundee don't get that win this weekend and fail to get a point, they could be going up to St. Johnston next weekend and suddenly you're talking about six pointers and it's the start yeah. of September. And, and, you know, panic sets in. I think Dundee, Dundee are an untried uh, team in, in this league. They do have one or two premiership players who have done it in the past, but can this team go and get points on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to see. Mm-hmm. I think you look at teams like Livingston and, you know, Motherwells and St. Mums, they will do that. They're already doing that. Yeah. Dundee need to prove that they can do that. You know, they've got to be able to do that to, to keep themselves in the race so they can, you know, give themselves a real chance of avoiding the drop this season. And after that, St. Johnston came, obviously we have that in our Another break. break. And then it's Celtic away. That's so, what I look forward to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, that, that, that's the thing about the schedule. You could easily, you could have played well. Yeah. And you can be in mid-September. You can be a month and a yeah. half since the league started. Yeah. And you're you're looking for your first win. Now, we always would go, we like this, the stats of, you know, it's, five games unbeaten, five games without a win, five defeats in a row, that kind of thing. But for players, it's a, it's a long, a mm. long, long time to be mm-hmm. going if, yeah. if you haven't won a game. And you, but you, and it's easy to say to them, calm down, lads, you're only playing your, your fifth game and, uh, and, and there's tough fixtures I there, but it still it, gets there. I, I do think it's easier for a seasoned Premier League team, like the ones yeah. we've spoken about. Yeah. Are nah. they going a bad run? They can sit back and go, well, we can, we're going to pick up points. But for Dundee, who are just newly promoted... Can they go and pick up points? There's a lot of new players that haven't played uh, in yeah, the Premier Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, the pressure will be more on them that, than on other teams. But, yeah, Tony Dockett has done his best to reassure the players. But I think the, the majority of them know that um, they're, they're good players. I think Dundee have still got to find their way. And we've spoken about formations. Will he, will he continue with three at the back? Will he continue with two big strikers up top? Well, that's, that's, that's enough. Interestingly, they did the press on Wednesday and speaking to Tony Dockett. The one thing he wants to see from his team on Sunday is to continue that second half performance at St Mirren, mm-hmm. which has obviously changed to the back four at half time. So I, I wonder whether that's a clue that he might be going with that uh, back to the four three three, so he can get Scott Tiffany yeah. back in the team because he was the one bright spark at St Mirren. He really yeah. turned, uh, not quite turned the game, but turned back in, Dundee back into the game. Um, and and they, they were maybe a wee bit unlucky not to. To get something out of it, um, I want to see whether they go with two up top because I think it was a four four two that they had in that second half. I want to see more from the strikers. I have to say, um, it would help if Sat Robinson stuck the penalty away, but he didn't. Um, help if he kicked the ball. <laughs> Dundee must be the only team in the Premier League when when the award of the penalty, the fans go, "Oh, oh no. no, I know." <laughs> no. Here we go. And then the wedding, the, the wedding won a. Penalty shootout last week in the under, they're under 21s in the... No, they got beat. Well, they got beat. Did they, they got get beat? 5-4, five, five, right. They only missed yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, right. So, oh, that's a, bit a good that. <laughs> Why did I think they won? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Finn Robertson took a right good penalty. Right? Yeah. But... <laughs> It's no American. I was going to say it's no <laughs> American. Come on, Bobby. You can't, you can't just take him on. Interesting. Antonio Portales has taken a few penalties in his time, so obviously, but yeah. he's not around. Um, I don't so, think you're allowed to take them with these big surgical boots. Yeah. He's, he's actually had it taken off. Has he taken yeah, off? So well, that's he's, good news. He's, uh, he's on the mend. Good. So hopefully not too long till we see him back. Um, but it would be really interesting if they win a penalty. Obviously, with VAR, there's probably more likelihood mm-hmm. that you can win penalties these days. Um, it would be interesting to see who steps uh-huh. up. I wouldn't surprise me if Sat Robinson stepped up again. I mean, he missed one last season in the that yeah. cup you're talking about, um, and then went on to th- get take a penalty. It might later. be last man still in the opposition <laughs> half because they'll all run towards their own box, you know. Just bring well, back. Actually, Hearts have still. I've got now got Xander in the goal, yeah. as well, who's got it's a, a history, presence, of, eh? history of playing well against a lot of teams. I've got to say because mm. he's done really well for him. But against Dundee, especially, he tends to pull off quite a few, quite a few good saves. Um, and he's got. I think he's there. He saved a Charlie Adam penalty in a few years back. Thank you, Mike. How done. dare he? Yeah, I, I say just bring back Tarno Day for penalties. Yeah. Remember that one. 
there's a lot of people saying that. I mean, there's no it's science to it, but I think if you are missing them continually, there's nothing wrong with just going up and Blue. giving it a crack. Uh, giving it some welly. And I still think... I've watched a few penalties in the last week and the, this stuttering run-up. Yeah. Trying to make the goalkeeper move. Some of them are really good, though. How do they get, I mean, it's, it's a good technique if you can master it, but... I think if I think if you're on a run of scoring penalties yeah. and, and you've got someone, although I, I saw the boy Odegaard for Arsenal do it the other night, and the only reason he was taking the penalty was because they'd had a miss. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's interesting that. But I'm very much of the camp, particularly at a time like this when they've missed too many penalties over the last year or so. Bear and I are old, yeah. old enough to remember United in the the late seventies, early eighties had nightmares with our penalties mm-hmm. and it can it, it, it can you end up with your goalkeeper yeah. taking them can <laughs> spread, yeah, you, have, uh, you have to <laughs> I mean United at that time Hamish McAlpine used to take the penalty and someone else <laughs> was given the job yeah. if the goalkeeper saved it or running up to the goalkeeper and pushing them over Flatten so them. Hamish could get back to his own goal so they couldn't take a quick free kick I mean that that's the kind of sort of the ridiculous I things mean, that does with does with minds when you, you you start missing them all the time, but I mean, to be honest, if they're, if they're in Hearts' box on Sunday often enough to get a penalty, it'll be a good sign. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Aside from penalties, we've talked about obviously penalties. I do want to see more from the strikers in terms of getting in chances and hopefully taking them. Um, I think they look, they look pretty similar. I mean, the runs they're making it, and there wasn't. I don't think so they've developed. The there wasn't a lot of link up. No, yeah. there wasn't a lot of link up. So that's someone they need to they need to work on. Hopefully, they've been doing that in training. But uh, so that's why I wonder whether he might change and, and just go with the one, mm-hmm. uh, with the two two wingers on either side. Um, Although it's a long season because they both look the part. Yeah. To me, but then we've uh, not seen Diego Pineda in the league yet. Mm-hmm. which is I find a little bit odd. Um, Basically, didn't make any subs in that first game. I don't know whether the conditions had something to do with that, apart from uh, Portal's going off injured. I wonder if Tony Doherty looks at it and says, yeah, I would like to see Pineda in the team then. And you, you look at and McCammon's done quite well, so you expect him to play. Yeah. Tiffany will, will come in. If he, if he keeps Cameron in the team, although Cameron went off against St. Martin, and you've got four guys that are quite diminutive to him, and Hearts are a big side. I was about to say, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, your first season back in the Premier League, it, it must be tempting if you've got big front men mm. stick with the big front men because you know you're going to have to do your fair share of yeah. defending throughout the season and these guys are handy when you can see the corner mm-hmm. yeah there's certainly some certainly something in that and although Dundee have beefed themselves up they still have a, a few guys they're all good players but can you play them all all together and defend yeah. properly because you, you, you are looking around going wait a minute it just doesn't matter who we put on who we're still going to be a wee bit of light in certain areas so yeah yeah Hearts, Hearts are a big physical team, mm-hmm. big physical team. So I think I would suggest that, you know, they'll, they'll certainly not all be on the part together, that's for sure. But I would expect Tiffany to come in because Tony Doherty is a man who's going to give guys who are doing well, will retain their place. He did that with McCown, did well in Inverness game, gets his start and he, he's been in the team ever since. And, and same with Tiffany came on against it, Murnan did well. So who that may be for, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I've got a suspicion it might be Cameron. And... Just giving away, just like Alan said earlier for the who's doing United press, Scott Tiffany did the oh, new press. So there you go. I think he's a certain He's definitely to start not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, he, he, he's the kind of boy that's hungry for the ball, and yeah, he's the kind of boy that the, the manager will say this. This is why you came to this club. Yeah, I've got to say, so, like I saw this. him early in pre-season. He was very good in the early games. Then he picked up a wee, yeah, wee injury. Picked up a wee knock, and he came back and, and they played him in behind the strikers ah, as well, which he sure wasn't suited. To. He came on against that man and played out wide left arm, and and showed straight away yeah. that he was going to give the, the fullback problems and get importantly. Get the crosses into the box. That's all you want from a wide man. Get the ball down, do the job on the fullback, put the ball in, leave the rest of the players that are running in, and Josh Morgan got mm. it. was a terrific cross, I've got to say. Yeah. Mulligan went and put a glancing head on it, a glancing well, shoulder on it. They spoke after him, he said it definitely <laughs> wasn't his head. As long as it's above bum, the t shirt lying on that arm, it counts. I think it was his bum, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, for goodness it, sake. It went in. It's a family show. Well, I could have used the worst word. But. Uh, <laughs> Arse. <laughs> Don't call George that. <laughs> um, but then, then that's the benefit of having the two strikers when you've got a, 
a guy in the wing that can put in the yeah. crosses. Uh, you're going to have yeah, him. You're going to have true. guys yeah. like Mulligan making that run, and hopefully McCown at the, the other side. But they they just need to get scoring goals. That's that's the one thing that's been missing. I think they've been okay overall, but I've said it a few times in this podcast already. There's only one game where they've scored more than one goal this season, and they need to change that. Which is a difficult one because they're a team that looks like they should score goals. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at the stats this week. I've been channeling my inner Ewan Smith, and uh, they've they've had plenty in terms of, compared with the other teams in the division. They've had loads of shots. But in terms of big chances, I, I don't remember a huge amount that they've missed. There's been one or two in the games. McKeown against St. Mern's three, but at an yeah. angle, I've got to say. So I mean, that, that was, was a good chance. That was a good save. Yeah. Good save. But that's, so they've had plenty of efforts on goal, which is which is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they just maybe need that wee bit more quality when it, when it really matters. And while it's frustrating for us, they've had a couple of weeks, maybe... I'd, I'd be interested to see what managers say about the, the stop-start uh, especially ones like Tony Doherty mm. at Dundee who have signed a lot of players I wonder if they, they don't mind having a couple of games and then a fortnight to work on things that uh, they feel need tweaking or need improving and uh, stuff like that because Dundee are going into this game with two weeks to have worked mm-hmm. on a plan He's um, I th- he would have much preferred having a game I think mm. um, but what he did say he oh, wanted to oh, what, it's that one out there. <laughs> no, but, thanks for thanks for the polite way you <laughs> shot me down what, in flames what he made clear was he wanted to make use of the time uh, as much as he could he, he wasn't it wasn't about giving the players a holiday and a lot of time off they've been doing a lot of double sessions and you've got so. enough holidays for everyone in this area <laughs> not enough left I have to say um, he, he did talk about a few players that had come in later in the in the summer that hadn't had a pre-season guys like Bakayoko uh, and a few others that had come in later and that's what he wanted to do to put in a lot of fitness work and, and do like a, a mini pre-season with, with those mm-hmm. guys get them really up to speed which should hopefully help by, by this weekend and managers don't often don't always get a whole week to work on a team no and, and speak to a few of them and they would much rather have that than have peppered with too many games so it's good I think because Dundee have a few things to work on as we say they have to show it in the park though that's that's the, that's the big thing to make make sure as beneficial as this week might have been to the manager that it has to show that the players have taken everything on board and put it into practice yeah and talking of the opposite of beneficial frustrating news for Tyler French who I think I I walked past at Riverside. Did you have a dog, George? Uh, possibly. <laughs> he had a Dundee, Dundee cagoule type thing on. Oh, a dog? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyler was <laughs> naked. That's why, that's why I noticed him initially. No, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was him, but I don't, Quite know, possibly. I don't like to say you, you Tyler French. <laughs> nothing, nothing knocks your ego more than saying, are, are you that boy I saw on the telly? No, sorry. On you go, mate. Walk your dog. I think he would have spoken to you. He's a very nice guy. So, because um, this could have been, he got he got the hundred and oh no, it's ninety. I'm I'm having a nightmare yeah. with this Challenge Cup. I've got the wrong team straight one in and it uh, goes straight to penalties. Yeah. But he got he got the ninety, 90 minutes on a clean sheet. And a on a clean sheet. His first himself. his first ninety minutes and mm. since January was it that he broke his leg? Yeah, which must have been encouraging at the time, but he he suffered a reaction. Yeah. Th- Got the bad news at the start of the week. They hadn't trained since, and they were a wee bit worried about him. What is it, George? It's what? he's tra- he, he was training yesterday, so yeah. it's kind of not been quite as bad as the, no. as the first fear. I think no. maybe just it wasn't a muscular thing. Yeah. I think maybe just a bit of pain. I think as we, I mean, I'm watching. Body I, getting I, I, used was, to I was at the game, and he played on the right hand side. We played a three at the back. I've got to say, he played on the on the right hand side, and. Uh, <laughs> Bears becoming the anti, yeah. the anti <laughs> three in the backer. No, it was, but he never overstretched himself. Tyler French, I've seen him playing at fullback where he bombs up and down the mm-hmm. line continually. So it wasn't a game like that, and yeah. he, he never got caught in any really difficult situations, tackles or anything like that. So, yeah, it looked fine at the end of the game. Sometimes when you've been out for a while, yeah, your body just your doesn't body use just it. yeah, it's, and and he's probably felt it a wee bit more because. It's not like a bounce game where you can just take a wee break here and there mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe not going full pelt. He, he's probably stressed himself as much as he has done since he broke his leg. Yeah. 
but his body's just said, oh, what's this? You know, and he's, he's just taking a wee bit of a, you know, maybe surprise him a little bit. But it's good, it's good to hear that he's yeah. he's back. And then the manager said he's available. I, I, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that it won't be this weekend. It yeah. might be a week, maybe have to wait mm-hmm. a little while. But I, I do think he'd be a real addition to the squad coming back, uh, providing he's not it's not been too bad an injury that's affected his his abilities from last season because. They really missed him when when he got injured. His pace at the back is such an asset, mm-hmm. um, getting you out of trouble at times. And as you say, that bombing forward did score a few goals. Um, I th- he could be really interesting, I think, in the Premiership, making that step up. Um, yeah. I often find this is the long-term injuries. People tend to think the devastation of the, of the injury is the worst thing. But yeah. A... It's sere, so yeah. they're, they're too busy going, no. ouch. Yeah. And then if your leg's in a plaster or a, some sort of cast or something like that or whatever it is, yeah. you know there's nothing you can do then. Then you're glad when you start jogging, but when you start playing games and you get these wee niggly things, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I say, this could have been yeah. his pre-season as well, and that, yeah. that that might put him back a week or two. Th- yeah. This is very often the most frustrating yeah. Pro- yeah. Yeah, time for be, players. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you'll probably find that over the next couple of months Tyler French will gradually ease himself back into that team fingers crossed but he's not going to be in a situation where he's, he's going to come right back in and play week, yeah. game after game after game as you say because your muscles are getting used to playing competitive games again so he might pick up wee tweaks here and there as well hopefully he doesn't but uh, uh, maybe over, over, the, over the next couple of months he's used sparingly yeah a lot of guys have also uh, that had long injuries had said to me in the past that the second game was much you know the second yeah. first team game back was much worse than the, the first one because yeah. the adrenaline gets you through mm-hmm. but the second one you're especially if it's a you know a midweek game after you've played at the weekend you're stiff and you're 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 achy and uh, and you're struggling for breath and so that's so, why listen Tyler French is a tackler I've seen him in games yeah. putting really crunching tackles I never saw him that he's five games so, but we've got to see that and see him coming out the other side I'm sure he will be the doctors have said I'm, I'm, he's got to be the fact he's back playing, yeah, but he's got to get that into his, his <laughs> mindset that he's yeah. capable of doing that, and that can be that can be a tough bridge to cross sometimes. And before we round off this week, some nice news about Eddie Anand, who mentions uh, been through the wars in terms of uh, his health, but his old teammates from his time at Dundee and fans have rallied, and he's come out and said how touched he is that they're putting, putting on a special event for him. Yeah, I spoke to him at the start of the week and he, he was in good spirits. I mean, obviously he's had such a tough time. I, I can't imagine what he's been going through. Um, so that obviously the big health problem with the, with the brain tumour, which is horrible, but then he's, he's had a seizure and then blood clots and it just all seems to have been going against him. But he was cracking jokes and he was... Um, in good spirits, it was really nice to speak to him. He's such a a nice guy. Yeah, um, that's my memory of him. And yeah, pre- the football community has basically rallied around him. It's it's really it's such a tough sport at times, and people it can go through horrible ty- times. But it's moments like this where you realise that what good uh, the sport can do. And, and obviously, he's he's coming up at the weekend. He'll be at the game on Sunday, um, and then there's the fans have put together an event on Sunday night uh, with a lot of his old teammates coming along to try and raise some money and help him out with it with any uh, money he needs for his, his health uh, issues so it's it's going to be I've, I'm mangling this at the moment but it's, um, it's it's really heartwarming I have to say and it was, it was really good to speak to him yeah and if anything will lift his spirits, it's a night out with some of his former teammates because that was a mental squad in, <laughs> the, be- in yeah. the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, no. I, George is talking about obviously his, his, his troubles at this point, but I think about him as, as a player, you know, yeah. and a fantastic striker and great link up with James Grady. I think yeah. everybody will remember the partnership. Mm. When we're talking about Dundee, needing to find the two, the two need to, yeah, up yeah. top need to get a bit more link up together. Well, Annan and Grady had it in spades and you know, they worked really, really well together. Scored a barrel load of goals and Dundee won games and were promoted. And, you know, it was just, a, it was a good time because yeah. it, was, it was exciting to watch because when your team's scoring goals, I mean, maybe you let in a few at the other end, but if you're scoring goals and the fans in general are happy. Yeah, it was, uh, 
I've fond memories of particularly that season. I think it was '99 when they came up yeah. with a live, lively squad. They yeah. were just every every time you went up there, somebody was doing something, <laughs> something crazy. Eddie was actually one of the most sensible ones. But when you think of James Grady, Dave, Dave Rogers, Steve, Steve McCormack, you just you you wondered what you were going to what you were going to come out the building wearing uh, after you'd been there for an hour up at lunchtime to see the manager. Anyway. Good stuff and all the best to Eddie and hopefully he has a great night for, that follows a great win. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or... Go to thetelly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.